Welcome back everybody. It is the middle of October and there are and there's a lot of changes. There's a lot of changes happening in the Xbox world, the Windows world. There's actually a lot of changes happening right here behind me. Um, one of the things that's going to be happening between now and the next time I do this podcast, provided everything goes according to plan, is I've got to take down this entire studio. I'm actually moving it and I don't quite know what it's going to look like when I'm done rebuilding it because it's not going to be built here. So, um, you know, say goodbye to this setup because it is. this is going to be the last of it. Um, we're remodeling our basement, refinishing it, if whatever you want to call it. And this is actually going to be part of the finished basement. And so I've got to move it to another part of my actual house and I've got to rebuild the whole thing. And it's, it's definitely going to look different because it's a smaller space. So there's, there's just a lot of things changing, a lot of things moving, and we will see what it looks like on the other side. And hopefully, hopefully it actually looks better, but I, I don't, I don't know if the surface studio is going to still be in it because of the actual small space. Uh, but this stuff will definitely still be in it. So uh, that is the first big change. I know the title says there's three big changes, and uh, that is the first one. Say goodbye, because this is all going away. Uh, the second big change is actually happening on the Microsoft side. Uh, Microsoft's Windows Chief Insider Donna Sakar said that she is stepping down from her role. She's actually taking a new role on the developer advocate side. It's actually a little bit hard to believe that it has been three years since that transition from Gabe All to Donna occurred, but it has, well, it's been three years and it's time for another change. And there's been a lot of change actually in the Windows Insider program from when she took over to where we are at today. And I, I would say, I don't know if it's for better or for worse, I'll leave that opinion up to you. But when, when it shifted over, it was this sort of hero project for Microsoft. It was, I think, one of the first insider programs, if not the first, and it was a massive success. And now Microsoft has probably dozens, if not hundreds, of insider programs. And they don't carry the same weight as those original betas, but you gotta remember that the Windows 10 insider program was like unprecedented when you look at how Windows 8 was developed. And so now it seems just much more average, and I don't know if the participate. actually, I know for a fact the participation is not nearly as high as it used to be, but here we are. Uh, anyway, so there's going to be a new leader. I don't know who it is. Um, I, I would imagine that Microsoft would put somebody out at the front of that program, but I guess in theory it's possible they won't because if you think about it, uh, Windows doesn't actually have a member on the senior leader leadership team inside of Microsoft. So, yeah, but I bet they will actually appoint somebody. We don't know who it is. I'm sure we'll find out here in the near future. Uh, Microsoft also, also finally pushed up the release or a, a firmware update for the Surface Book 2. Remember, if you had a Surface Book 2, you couldn't update it to 1903. And now that 1909, which Microsoft actually announced this week, is now starting to roll out for general availability or will be here in the near future, I should say. Um, yeah, uh, it is now unblocked. So there's a big firmware update. If you have one of those devices, definitely worth going and grabbing that. And like I said, 1909, Microsoft put out a blog post and says, hey, it's wrapped up, it's complete. It's gonna start shipping here in the very near future if you don't have it already. But the bigger thing here, especially if you're listening to this podcast, if you're on the Insider program and you want out, now is the time to do it because you should have, I believe, the build on your machine already that is going to be the final release. So knowing that, if you don't want future installs of the Insider program or the updated release of Windows 10, then now is the time to get out without having to really kind of screw around with formatting your machine and doing all that good stuff. Um, also happening this week coming up, on the 15th of this month, Google is having their event. This is kind of 
puts the end, uh, you know, the end crescendo, if you will, on the tech season because we had an Apple event, we had a Microsoft event, now we have a Google event. Although there was a rumor at one point there was going to be a second Apple event, although I think that might have gotten kicked until potentially this spring. We will see. Um, but anyway, so Google's got an event. Obviously, the Pixel 4 is going to be up there. There's another device called the Pixel Go, which has leaked uh, pretty heavily and actually in a complete hands-on video, which is going to be the new Pixel laptop uh, type thing. It looks like it goes everything all the way from entry level all the way up to an i7. Although I don't know why you would ever buy a Chromebook that needs an i7. If if you're running a Chromebook that needs an i7, I think you're doing something wrong and because that, that just doesn't really make sense. But the option is there if you were going to want it, and uh, we will see. And so that's sort of the bigger news. There's some, actually some really good gaming news this week. Apple is now selling the Xbox One Bluetooth controller. Why are they doing that? Well, if you think about it, Apple now has an arcade service, and I personally think this is the best controller on the market. Um, we, we all know that the thumbstick alignment, it's just, it's better than PlayStation. I'm sorry, it is. And it's gonna be better than Stadia based on what we've seen so far. Um, anyway, so you can now buy that controller directly from Apple, pair it up to your uh, iOS device, and then use it to play Stadia, or Stadia, arcade games. And I, actually, I bet you will eventually be able to play Stadia and or uh, xCloud with it. But it's kind of interesting to see Apple now selling directly a Microsoft controller. It's it, it's one of those relationships you're like, well, I, I mean, I see why they're doing this. It makes sense, I guess. Um, but just... You know, if this happened seven, eight years ago, it would have been real awkward. But now, now it doesn't. I don't think. If, I don't think there's any awkwardness to that. But I just think that's kind of neat. So the other big thing uh, that is happening inside the Microsoft world, especially on the gaming side, is Mike Ibarra is leaving uh, the Xbox family. Now, there's a lot of things going on here. So people are freaking out, singing, "Oh my God, he's leaving! Xbox must be done." No, that that is kind of. I think. That's an over-dramatization of what is actually happening. So he has been there for more than 20 years, I believe. Been there a long time. It's definitely been a, you know, a big part of his career, um, and he's leaving. And so obviously everybody wishes him the best, and people are wondering, is this some mass exodus inside of Microsoft? I, I have not heard that personally. If you want to think that this is some big change, look for other high-level executives inside the Xbox family walking away. Otherwise... It's just a one-off. People change roles all the time. I wish him the best. I've known him, or I've met him several times. Um, we've chatted before, and he's always been a great individual, and I'm sure it's a big loss for the Xbox family, but that's just the nature of the beast, right? You, If you work somewhere for 20 years, it's not like he's job-hopping around. It's not like Microsoft hired him, and then three weeks later, he quit. Um, he, he's been there. He, he probably felt like he's accomplished what he wanted to do, and I bet he's got an offer to go work or to go do something else that is fun outside the Xbox family, and that is what he is doing. So I want to read into this too much now people are going to very clearly like align this to like donna leaving the insider print donna just moved internally that that is that is totally separate mike is actually leaving the xbox family and so that is a that, you know it's a, it's a loss there's no other way to describe it but it's not like i don't i haven't heard anything that says hey there's a big uproar inside of the xbox org and like people are, are jumping off the ship um that is absolutely not what i've heard so uh, other things out there uh, google google put out a this one hurts. Um, Google put out like this blog poster. It was an interview where they talked about negative latency. Latency is latency is basically defined as when you press something on, in the gaming world, you press a button, how long it takes to occur on screen. It's a reactive it's a reactive measure, right? It's not a predictive measure. And so Google's talking about how they believe that the cloud-based hardware, which this actually bodes well for xCloud, will eventually one day be more powerful and more capable than the on-premise de on devices, I should say, for the enterprise fans out there. 
I, I'm not saying that it won't be, but uh, this negative latency thing, all they're doing is predictive modeling about where they think you're going to go next. And that, candidly, I don't believe is actually all that new. I believe locally that does happen to some degree. Basically, the idea is they're thinking, or, or they're, the way they pitch it is, hey, if there's a bad guy on the screen, there's probably a pretty high probability that you're about to pull the trigger. And then the idea is to try to get that predictive input lined up with your actual input to reduce the latency between what is on screen and what is happening in the cloud. That is, that is a very watered-down version of what it is. But... The fact that they came up with negative latency is somebody in, sitting in marketing going, wow, I've got the greatest idea ever. We're going to create a new thing. We're going to create something that physically isn't possible. You can't have latency unless an event occurs. And so we're just going to talk about negative latency. And so anyways, um, that is that is that is that. There's a lot of good questions this week. Uh, um, 24 of them to be exact. Unless I refresh, yeah, 24 after I refresh the thread. As always, I throw, post those up on Threat.com. And so the first one comes from, from S3V8. says, what do you think about Mike Ibarra leaving? Well, I just talked about that. So you can, if you jump to the Q&A, you can roll it back and then we'll talk about that. And says, what do you think about Sean Linden leaving and layoffs at SIE in Europe and trying to hide uh, that with PlayStation Now on October 1st and PlayStation 5 two days later? I don't know if those things are related. Layoffs. Well, I should say layoffs are typically pretty well known, at least for a few weeks. This is marketing, right? That's a marketing and PR strategy. Layoffs candidly always suck. Uh, anybody impacted by them knows the, the experience of walking into a, a room and then walking out without a job. I have been on that side of the coin. And so layoffs always suck. That's that's the only way I can really kind of describe that. And this is, do you think we have some tidbit sneak peeks or Project Scarlet at XO19 after official randomly announcing the PlayStation 5? What I do think we will see at, at the XO event, I think we're going to see a lot about the next gen potentially based on timing of everything. I think we're going to see next a lot about the new controller. Obviously, we're going to see some games, Game Pass stuff. I don't know if they're going to talk about Scarlet at XO19. I haven't heard anything, but that doesn't mean it's not going to happen. It's going to be from a pure marketing perspective. And so we'll see. Obviously, uh, Sony came out and fired a shot in the next gen console wars by announcing basically the name and a little bit of features. I don't know if Microsoft is planning to do that at XO19, but we don't, shouldn't have to wait too much longer to find out. And says, do you think we'll see some acquisitions of another studio at XO19? I don't know. I, acquisitions are really tough to time up because there's so many moving parts and Microsoft can technically announce acquisitions before they've actually acquired it, right? If they're deep into the contract phase and they're, everybody's signed off on the general agreement and they're still working through some of the details, they might announce that or they might wait until after they announce it. But that's a little bit more sketchy because it's easier to figure out when somebody's been acquired after they've actually bought them. Um, so timing up acquisition announcements versus these events is very, very difficult to do. I'm not saying it's not going to happen because I know that just Microsoft is always looking at companies. They are always looking. And so just keep that in mind. Uh, Dave2215CZ says, All right, could you share any info about the future of Cortana? Uh, what I've heard time and time again is that future of Cortana is going to be the queen of the bots. I wrote a post about this about 18 months ago. Microsoft will continue to show off its AI prowess, if you will, their cloud stuff through Cortana, uh, meaning that they're going to try always try to put some of their latest and greatest sort of cognitive services into, into Cortana. Um, they actually announced in the latest Insider build, I believe, that if you have Cortana on that release, you can actually now drag it around. It's not just locked to a couple people. It's, so they're not giving up on Cortana, but it's not going to be this be-all, end-all AI solution on every single device. Microsoft just uses it as a testbed and a demonstration platform to show off its cognitive services that is selling to the enterprises under various names. Uh, in, oh, just in, 
in Gigormax. We'll go with that. Uh, hi, Brad. Do you have any news about a smartphone controller that Microsoft patented? No, I do not. I, I actually looked into this uh, after because I saw this question when it came in. Microsoft patented, well, I'll use this phone, a controller that sits here and then plugs into either side. You can see the reflection when I look on my screen there a little bit. Um, plugs into either side. I haven't seen if that patent has gone anywhere. Microsoft patents hundreds of things every, potentially every year for sure, if not even every month. So it's just a patent. It's something they explore. We'll see if it actually comes out. I did order, by the way, um, you can go on Amazon and find tons of these things, and I'll, I'll maybe do a video of it later. Uh, it's a mount that goes on here. Remember, we've seen with xCloud all those controller mounts. I, I ordered one of those that's just randomly on Amazon so that when I get my hands on xCloud, I'll be able to just play it as uh, Microsoft has envisioned. Yoshi says, what are your thoughts about Mike Ibarra leaving? I've addressed that a little bit earlier. He has a pretty big name on the Xbox team. Absolutely agree. Any idea where he might be headed? Odd time to head out with the upcoming next-gen console launch and xCloud. Well, I, I don't know if I agree that it's an odd time to head out because there's always things on the horizon. There's always, there's going to be xCloud forever. There's going to be another console. And once the console launches, then it's going to be like, well, why would you launch? Leave now. We're just getting started with the next-gen console fun. Um... I, I'm hesitant that people are potentially reading into him leaving too much. Where he's headed, I don't know. That, that is a great question. I wonder if he's working to go uh, go on another gaming studio. He had been streaming a lot. I would love it if he just went full-time streamer. That would be the ultimate exit. But I don't know what... Uh, I don't act, I don't exactly know where he's headed. He's supposed to... He said he was going to announce it on Twitter um, in an upcoming tweet, but he has not done so yet. Uh, Nick G says... So as a Win Insider, should we expect early access to Windows 10? I think he means Windows 10X, and I don't think so. I, 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 don't, I don't think so. The only, reason I, the only reason why I have to say I don't think so is because Microsoft very clearly said that this OS is locked to the hardware that is the foldable display, at least for now, which that wouldn't make a lot of sense if they go out on stage and say, hey, this can only run on these uh, Centaurus or foldable Neo and Neo and Duo style, the Duo doesn't run it, Neo style devices, and then ship it to everybody with Windows 10. That would go completely against their, what they said on stage, which makes me think it might actually happen because that is very typical how Microsoft operates. They say one thing and then they go do another. But um, I, I'm not personally expecting, at least not yet. Um, he says, I think gaming is going to be a key feature of Surface Duo. Do you think Duo will get a revision to its hardware to adjust account for screen bezels, cameras, and alerts? Um, eventually, I, I don't think day one. I think Microsoft, it would behoove them to come out with some really thin and small bezels. While I think it might help sell devices, that's typically something we are now accustomed to seeing in a refresh. Uh, Eminon2121 says, will Surface All Access, a uh, good question, be updated with the new products? If not, will the program be canceled like previous financing programs? I haven't heard anything. I did ask at the Surface event, and all I got was that they are still considering their options and engaging with the platform users and customers and all that junk about Surface All Access. Basically, they gave a non-answer, mostly because I don't know if Microsoft knows yet. So we will see. Uh, Thrust Bucket says, in my opinion, Microsoft's uh, insistent on piecemealing mandatory access accessories has been the biggest detractor to the Surface lineup, often adding hundreds of dollars to the already pricey device. With the Neo, because of, its because of the nature, it depends on a keyboard and pen more than any other Surface to be useful at all. Uh, it says, do you think Microsoft is dumb, dumb enough to not try and sell a Surface Neo keyboard and pen separately? I don't think they're selling the... So... Well, I was thinking Surface Pro X because the reason why I think Surface Pro X is actually 
I, the pen, I believe you could use an old pen, but the keyboard will, you're, if you have a type cover, it will not work with the Surface Pro X. You have to buy one. So add a hundred bucks onto that MSRP, unless they are offering bundles, which I'm not fully sure they are yet, but you're definitely going to have to buy a keyboard. Um, same with Neo. I don't, I don't foresee them including a keyboard, potentially pen. Pen might make some sense. I, I could see them including a pen before they would include a keyboard because I believe with the Neo device, any Bluetooth keyboard should work. So it kind of mitigates the absolute need. I think a lot of people have Bluetooth keyboards, or if you don't, you can go buy them very cheaply on Amazon. Just go get a generic Bluetooth keyboard for 10, 15 bucks, and it should work. I do believe the pen should be included with Neo though, but we'll see. Microsoft Microsoft left out a ton of details with that stuff. Uh, SLRRLX1986 says, I'm interested in a 15 inch Surface laptop. I do some gaming like Forza, Gears 5, and MK11. Uh, everyone, of my computers in the past has been Intel based, but I'm wondering if the AMD version of the Surface would be able to handle those games in future games. Any idea on the long-term durability when it comes to AMD hardware? My laptops usually last five to eight years as a main machine. I want to keep it that way. So we don't know the performance of the Surface 15-inch laptop until they give out uh, review units and lift that embargo. So it's really hard to dive into the performance benchmarks, I would definitely wait for those because if you're planning on gaming on the 15-inch laptop, while it will be better than, I believe, the 13-inch laptop, we don't quite know the performance and you're you're going to want to know how well it's going to run those games before you dive in. The one thing I can comment on is the durability of AMD hardware. I, that would not concern me at all. First off, Microsoft is the one building it. So your warranty and all that stuff is with Microsoft, not so much AMD. So from that regard, I would feel comfortable recommending a Surface laptop 15 inch um, because I, I'm personally quite interested in as well. Uh, an old Amiga user says, did you notice the Surface Neo supported micro SD or USB devices? No, they didn't say, we asked some questions and every time Microsoft came back to it, it was pretty much, hey, we're not willing to talk about final hardware specs because this thing is more than a year away and everything is subject to change at this point. Although if you know how hardware works, they're not really a year away. They're probably about at this point, five to seven months somewhere between locking it down because then it has to go into production, which means that it has to go for testing and all that stuff. So we're not that far from hardware feature being frozen, um, but no, Microsoft did not comment. Will R says, hi Brad, I really want a Windows 10X device, but I don't want a folding device. Are they gonna put Windows 10X on non-folding devices too? So here's, here's what I know. Can Windows 10X run on non-folding devices? It absolutely can. Has Microsoft already considered putting Windows 10X on non-folding devices? They already have. Are they going to let consumers do that? We don't know. Um, this is more, more up to Microsoft than it is to anybody else just well, it's obviously up to Microsoft, it's their software, but it is up to them to decide when and how they're going to let other users dive in. I don't know if they're going to. We'd have to look to people like Raphael or um, a couple other people on Twitter who have been hacking apart this stuff to get it enabled and run. I suspect that those smart individuals will be able to get this to run on just normal Windows 10 soft or hardware because you think about it the hardware of neo and duo even for that matter aren't really all that crazy it's especially on neo it's just an intel chip in there and it's probably all just the intel chipset the only thing that's different about it is that there's two screens rather than one it's not that crazy of a form factor or hardware components it's off the not off the shelf that's that's a simplification but it's stuff that you can buy already for a desktop pc or a laptop it it, it should be doable um, I hope Microsoft lets people do this, but it will be up to them 
um, until somebody figures out a registry hack or how to get the ISO and allow everybody to install it. Uh, Will says, I've been looking for a, to get a good headset with the Xbox One X, and I would have thought the Surface headphones or even the Surface earbuds would be the perfect item, except how uh, Xbox, this is not the case because it's not supported. I don't know why. I don't know why you can't use the Surface headphones with the Xbox, which by the way, I know I'd talked about this at one point. There's definitely Surface headphones floating around that are black, like black, um, black like this black. Um, so just keep that, in, I think they're magnesium or whatever the, the metal is. It's not plastic black, but they're definitely black. Keep that in mind. Uh, have you heard if this will change with the next console as there are many good wireless headset options, but that are not available. So I don't know if Scarlet supports Bluetooth. I got to go back and look at some of the documentation that I have on some of the chipsets that are included in that console. I don't know if Bluetooth is, an, is supported. Um, it, it would make sense because the new con controllers support Bluetooth, but I don't know if the console will, but I don't know if I necessarily want to connect to my console with a Bluetooth controller. Uh, Microsoft has a pretty good proprietary setup, I believe currently for the controllers that works quite well, and I don't think you want to screw with that. That being said, I don't know it. I think it's still a bit early to know of Bluetooth headsets. By the way, the headset that I use, and um, it's the Rig 800 XL. So I, I quite like this one. It's completely wireless. And uh, that's the one that I use personally if you're still looking for one. Um, I did a review, I think, on the channel. If you scroll way, way down. This was a while ago. Uh, Timo47 says, do you think the redesigned Surface Pro that was withheld until next year will be the similar design of the Surface Pro X. Uh, do you know if there's a technological reason for Microsoft to wait until next year, or is it to only get the Pro X the advantage of the new design? So my understanding of the Carmel design for the next generation Surface Pro is that it's fairly similar to what we saw with the Pro X. It is gonna be, think that design, but a Surface Pro. Now, I believe it will be a little bit thicker. It's not going to be as thin as the Pro X. And I firmly believe that the reason they did not release that this year is because they already had so much on the agenda. They had Neo, they had Duo, although those devices aren't available, but then they had Surface earbuds. And then they also had the Pro X along with a 15-inch laptop. That is a ton of new and potentially new hardware. And throwing in a redesign of the Pro kind of would water down what they would have next year because next year is just going to be probably a redesign of the Pro. I would potentially maybe if the if the headphones don't show up um, a new color for the headphones and maybe a couple other things I bet we'll see Surface Book 3 at some point here um, because that is still on the agenda as well I believe I believe this thing is going to get a rev as well just an internal thing though nothing nothing crazy on the outside uh, EZAB says uh, let's see do you have any information on why Donna Sakar left the insider program who might take her place talked about this a little bit earlier I don't know who's going to take her place but I think she just left because it's three years she was doing it for three years and I think she was just looking for a new gig and she just moved on um, that Microsoft does I, I don't know if crop rotation is the typical thing but I believe after you're, you're in a role uh, for a certain amount of time in Microsoft you can be you're actually you can put yourself into a pool and then have the ability to, to change roles provided you fit the role you can't just take any role that you want but I believe it's after two years you are then eligible for something like that and so at the three-year mark it makes sense I know a lot of big companies do things like that um Mike asks he says any idea if the Surface Pro X will, X will come in magnesium not initially Actually, I bet the device is magnesium, I hope. Uh, but it's definitely black, obviously. Surface and Neo and Duo Sizzlers weren't just showing off new hardware, but also the new user experiences coming to Windows 10X and Android. Fully agree. It looks like Microsoft is trying to align the Windows and Android experiences, and I find that fascinating and a big deal. I fully do as well, because this is Microsoft. 
that open source sort of model that they've been embracing, fully embracing another operating system, especially on mobile, that they do not control. With that observation and comment from Sachin Nadella that the OS isn't the most important layer, but rather the app model and experience, I think it paints a picture more clear about where Microsoft is going which is to say that with either of these devices, you are going to get a Microsoft user experience that the app developers can target. Interesting approach. Microsoft Build Conference should be interesting. It should be because what would make sense and what he is hinting at here is that it would make a lot of sense that if you're building an application for Android, that it maybe potentially also runs on Windows. Now, you could rephrase that and say if you're building an app for Windows, that it would target Android as well which would make sense, but I think a lot more developers are targeting the mobile experience, and it'd be nice if it worked on Windows 10, wouldn't it? Uh, Sidechoker says, hey Brad, two questions. What do you know about the availability in Europe of Surface earbuds? I know nothing. <laughs> uh, Microsoft would not, I always ask a couple questions. I always ask availability um, when things come out, and I ask about color options, because every once in a while Microsoft will be like, hey, we're, we're going to come out with co other colors, um, but availability is always one that comes up, and they will never tell me. They don't like to tell me. Uh, will there ever be a consumer version of HoloLens? That is, ever is a very long time. I don't want to say that there's not going to be a version of, con of a consumer version of HoloLens. The, right now, the biggest barrier on HoloLens isn't the technology, but the price point. They got to get it down to a price point that consumers will buy. If they could sell HoloLens for $300, I bet that there would be a version of it for the consumer, but right now they can't. What we are seeing is Microsoft's continued approach at start at the enterprise, they've already shipped a second version, and then they're gonna keep doing that until the pricing comes down and the business model works that it would work for a consumer. I don't wanna say that they will never do it, um, but I don't think it's gonna happen in the next 12 months, if, if that's what you're wondering. Uh, Turnigate says, hi Brad, did you find out anything more about 20H1? Since it entered the release branch, will they just bug fix till May? Um, that might actually be the case. So you're, you're correct that they have really pushed forward with 20H1, and it might honestly just be a pretty minor bug fix until then. You gotta remember that there's been a lot of leadership change, not just inside a program, but inside of Microsoft. And so we haven't gotten any major features because I think Yet all the Windows initiatives have been on uh, Windows 10X. And I'm not, I don't say most of them, but I'm pretty, pretty sure because we've gotten a lot of superfluous things in Windows 10 that are just kind of on the surface level, no deep engineering changes. And so all that engineering effort has been on Windows 10X. So I think the next major update to Windows 10 will be when, when some of those 10X underlying infrastructure changes roll into the new build. Uh, and then it says, do you know if any OEM partners plan to build smaller versions of a Surface Neo, uh, maybe a pocketable one? Well... We, uh, let me put it this way. I know that other OEM partners were involved with help building out, and Microsoft very clearly told us that other OEM partners will build Neo-style devices, and so they are coming. I don't know what HP, Asus, Asus, Acer, Asus, or Dell, or any of these guys are building yet, but they are absolutely working on these devices, so could there be a pocketable version? There could be. It's going to really depend on if Microsoft forces a standard screen resolution. So, uh, Detective... Uh, Detective Polarin says, what happened to Enterprise Dish this week and why didn't your neighbor's review of the Surface Pro 6 pan out? I thought that was a good idea. Not complaining, just curious. So Enterprise Dish didn't pan out this week uh, because my daughter broke her arm and we were supposed to record it on the day that she broke, the day after she broke her arm. And so we actually had to punt it. Um, it it'll happen. It's still happening. There's going to be just, it's going to be later in the month. Um, and then, so why didn't your neighbor review the Surface Pro 6? Well, they're still not back in their house yet, but I need to, I need to hound her to see if she will do that. So I don't disagree. It's a good, not a good idea. Um, it just hasn't happened yet. Uh, Martininus V2 says, uh, 
why do you still use Miracast? If you have that much trouble with it during First Ring Daily Podcast, can you find a better solution? Um, I just, I enjoy self-punishment. Actually, so Miracast is a technology that Microsoft was championing uh, with Windows 10 and early on to take on things like AirPlay and all that stuff. I'm pretty sure they've abandoned it. And so I have a Miracast dongle down there and that's how I get images up on there. I should probably think about switching that. You're not wrong. And maybe when I move all this to the new studio, uh, I will actually uh, figure that out because that might not be a bad might not be a bad idea. I should just wire it up. Um, that would be the smart way to do it, but I like self-punishment. Uh, Brother Nod says, historically, it felt like the iPad crushed integ integrated graphics from Intel and my $300 iPad could play Hearthstone better than my Surface Pro 5. At the $1,000 price point, will the Surface X, Surface Pro X, crush uh, the Surface Pro 7 in gaming performance? Will the iPad beat the Surface X? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that is a, that's a good question. I don't know what the gaming performance is going to be because it's basically a Qualcomm 8CX. So we would have to go look at those benchmarks for the Adreno graphics performance. I would be surprised if it surpasses, well, I'm, I'm thinking I, iPad Pro. Um, I, would, I bet it's probably comparable with a base iPad, but I would be surprised if it beats the iPad Pro. Apple does a very good job with their graphics processor. Um, it's all custom in-house and all that good stuff. We know that story. So Apple does a good job there. I don't know if it's going to beat that. Uh, follow up, any hope of Microsoft adding Xbox wireless controller hardware to the Surface line, or do I have to give up and go to and buy Bluetooth controllers? I hope they do. So one of the nice things about this device back here is that it natively works with uh, the Xbox controller. You don't need Bluetooth. It has the Surface uh, or service, the Xbox gaming dongle built in, which do they still sell that dongle? I should check that out. Um, Microsoft at one point, and maybe they still do, sold a dongle that you just plugged in and then you could connect your Xbox controller up without using Bluetooth. He's asking, are they going to bring that back? I would guess that they would if they had a lot of demand for it, but maybe maybe they're not. But with xCloud, it would seem to make a lot of sense of all their stuff natively supported the Xbox controller without having to go to Bluetooth route. But then the, the accountants on the other side are probably saying, look, Bluetooth is cheap and easy and ubiquitous. Why not just use that? Uh, well, you can use Bluetooth. It's just the latency, not negative latency, but the latency just isn't as good as the native Xbox stuff. Uh, da, 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 da. Scott asks, he says, why did Microsoft go with a black Surface Pro X? I assume it's only available in one color because that requires less inventory and it could very be a niche product. Yeah, I think, you, I think you hit all the things right on, on the head. One, it's a new product, so they don't need lots of colors, right? It's brand new. They're going to save color revisions until later. That's typically how Microsoft has done things, and I don't see them changing that because why, why would they offer all these colors, and what are they going to do next year? So they will do that. Uh, but why not stick with a more traditional Surface Gray like they've shown with the Neo and Duo? That is a good question. I don't know. Why didn't they match it all? That's a great observation. Chris H says, hi, Brad. In the last year with the discussion about Windows Lite, I was expecting a little Credge, uh, Credge book to compete with Google, i.e. an OS built around Chromium-based Edge, browser apps, extensions, all that good stuff. Does Microsoft envision, uh, or do you envision Microsoft releasing something truly like a light Chrome OS, or will we have to have Windows underneath? So I still think they're pushing towards that. I think that Windows 10X is a very big step in that right direction. Just remember, as long as they can... can compartmentalize and virtualize and containerize and use whatever terminology of the Win32 uh, API, then what they've effectively done is gotten much, that's a very big step on the road to building a Chrome OS style operating system. It's not, I know it's not exactly one for one, but that is a 
that, that's like the meat. You still got potatoes and veggies and your drink and the plate and all that stuff. But that is definitely like getting the meat out of the way and, and taking on the hardest task of really making an OS that feels and operates like a Chrome OS that is very light, not Windows light, but light in nature. Um, so don't think that Windows 10X isn't some big technological leap because it really, really is. So uh jay gentwitch says hi brad in your professional opinion uh what do you think is going to be the next big thing in technology that everyone will own that everyone will own so mm, it's it's a good question because for example uh wireless came out and, and years later everyone is now in their homes or like smartphones everyone owns one now uh so this is an interesting one because my gut says, hey, it's headsets, right? It's everybody's working on glasses and all that stuff. And that might be, but it's not going to be an overnight adoption. For one, people like me, I don't wear glasses. Like I, I, I don't have glasses. I have sunglasses. Um, and so do I envision myself wearing like a pair of Apple or HoloLens 24 hours a day? No, I, I, I don't. But I'm not saying that that's not going to happen. I think that there's going to be some sort of middle ground between these big bulky headsets and sunglasses, sort of like Google Glass that might eventually take it but the next big thing well let me put it this way if i could absolutely predict it with uncertainty um then i would have won the lottery at this point where i'd already be starting new sites based exactly on that technology there's something happening with ar and vr that that space is interesting but it's a much slower migration to that than say a smartphone from a traditional uh cell phone so i think ar vr is probably the next big thing but i also don't know if it's going to be as wide scale as everyone thinks it's going to be um, at least in the near future it's going to take a lot of revisions until basically just a sheet of glass can do the whole thing and then that's when it will it's going to take off also price points right we know that consumers aren't going to buy things that are 1500 bucks once the price points get down to something that's much more under 500 then you'll start to see wider adoption Usman says, how does the industrial design of Carmel compare to the Surface Pro X? What differences could we expect? I think the biggest differences we're going to expect, uh, there's going to have to be a vent, right, for the i7. Now, the Surface Pro entry level and I think the i5 are, are fanless, but if Microsoft is going to put an i7 in there, then they're going to have to have a fan. So I, I would think that there's going to be some additional perimeter venting is going to be one of the bigger things. So it's definitely going to be a little bit thicker, I think, is what we're going to see. Hi, Brad. Hope your daughter's doing well. Appreciate that. It's been a long 24 hours. Uh, what are you expecting here at Microsoft Ignite Conference? Are you hoping, is there anything specific or would you do separate podcasts on the topic? So Ignite, for those who aren't familiar, is Microsoft's largest IT pro related conference. It happens in about three and a half, three weeks, something like that in Orlando, Florida. I'm going to go there and along with about 40,000, I think it's 40,000 other people. And so what I'm expecting, we're going to hear a lot, a lot, a lot about Microsoft 365. We're going to hear a lot of uh, updates for Office, SharePoint. Uh, I, I would expect Teams to be on the agenda. I'm not expecting any hardware. If they talk anything about hardware at all, it will be that device that they showed off what we adequately or previously called the cone of shame that sits in a conference room that does real-time translations uh, real-time uh, speech to text that kind of stuff would be the only thing i would expect to see um, if they even show or talk anything about hardware but this is all a productivity it pro space and that is those are the announcements that i personally expect so all right guys Say goodbye to this podcast studio behind me because after this podcast goes up on the web, I am going to start tearing this place down and I hope to have it rebuilt by about Wednesday or Thursday of next week. We will see. I've got a lot of work ahead. Thanks for tuning in and we'll catch all of you right back here next time.